Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles. How? By the renewing of your mind through God's Word and open radio conversation. Think Again Christian is, is the name of this show. And it's the name of this show because I firmly believe that many of us uh, unfortunately, have have wrong views and and opinions that are ultimately dangerous, uh, you know. And so, what we want to do is we we want to rethink, we want to reexamine what well a lot of the concepts that we we have, a lot of our ideas, even and especially just traditions. You know, we had some some good uh, uh, political conversation over the weekend with with family and. It's just amazing how many of the opinions are really just traditional, and so you know we want to we want to challenge those beliefs. Uh, we have uh, an amazing country that we live in, and and yet we fuse together our Americanism, our patriotism, and fused it together with you know our, our Christian beliefs, and and sometimes those those uh, don't harmonize, and so we want to be Christian first. We want to be biblical first. We want to challenge those denominational you know traditions that we have and and be more biblical you know the the question we always, would always ask was you know chapter and verse where is that in the bible exactly and so i i believe that some of these can can be dangerous and and after all the if the pen is mightier than the sword then certainly the thoughts that drive the pen are equally as powerful Proverbs 23 states, so a man thinketh, he is. That means our views not only shape who we are, but they are who we are. How we think and the conclusions we draw from thought are powerful. Men like Hitler win the war of ideology long before they win fights on a battlefield. And how do you convince a nation you know that that an entire nationality like 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 the Jews needed to be exterminated. How will you win the mind over first? The Nazi propaganda machine was infamous for their their poster ads, their radio ads, their TV ads, their movie ads. Uh, as were the the Soviet communists. They, they won the war of thought. Today in America, comedians use satire to. To manipulate Americans in television and movies, if, if you can, if you can make people laugh, you know what? Then then you can make racist comments. You can make anti-Christian stabs. So the manipulation of thought is is powerful, especially through satire. I've mentioned before that if you can harmonize a, you know, to a great beat, then you can write songs about you know terrible and, and disgusting things, things like you know assaulting the police or treating you know, women uh, dishonorably, and, and, and people will hum those things all day long. About about 10 years ago, I, I, I used to listen to a radio talk show host uh, because I was living in Los Angeles. His name is Dennis Prager, and he, he's a social political commentator with a uh, Jewish religious background, and he wrote one of my favorite books. It's called Think a Second Time. 
And from that, uh, I began to uh, to title all my one-page propositional papers, Think Again. Then I thought about using those one-page proposition papers as, as show titles for a radio show. Uh, and, and my audience was Christian, and the point of my articles was to examine common misconceptions that Christians have because, you know, well, quite frankly, we've been fooled or even brainwashed. We've been manipulated by our culture that, uh, you know, we've been deceived. And so Dennis Prager, Prager was definitely my inspiration for writing and creating a radio show called Think Again and, and definitely Think Again Christian more specifically. I, I can't think of any more important topic for for this show, Think Again Christian, than the, than the philosophy of postmodernism. More accurately, I would say the heresy of Christian postmodernism is what scares me the most. Uh, so many pastors, so many churches are teaching postmodernism that, that churchgoers are, are learning a new pseudo-Christianity that is really nothing more than old postmodernism uh, in wolf's clothing, disguised as a, as a beautiful sheep, as a lamb, as it were, in the church. Uh, postmodern Christianity falls in the line with, with basic postmodernist thinking. It, it, it's about, now, now follow me, it's about experience over reason, subjectivity over objectivity. It's about spirituality over religion. It's, it's images over words. Are, are, are these things bad? Well, sure, when those things override clear biblical truth, uh, when and how you feel uh, becomes more important than what God's Word actually says directly. For example, because experience is valued more highly than reason, truth becomes, it becomes relative, especially in the church. This opens up all kinds of problems. As this lessens the, the standard uh, that the Bible contains absolute truth and even disqualifies biblical truth as being, you know, at too absolute, too, too de- de- deterministic, too rigid. If the Bible is not our source for absolute truth and personal experience is allowed to redefine it and interpret what truth actually is, well, then a saving faith in Jesus Christ is rendered meaningless. Postmodernism is a, is a new heresy because it ultimately takes authority away from God and gives it to humans. There is no absolute God, so you are God. You make the rules. You decide what is moral and true. So it's not just a, a philosophy. It's a heresy, especially when you see it creeping in the church like that. Well, we'll just consider two areas, singing and prayer. The point of singing is to give worship and adoration to God, not to be moved or, or to personally feel good. Um, and, and believe me, I, I love being involved in music. I love being involved in uh, deep singing. But at the end, the ultimate point is not for me. It, it's, it's to glorify God. The point of prayer is to commune with the Almighty, to humble yourself before his throne and to dwell with him, not to be uh, in, in emotionally moved with that experience. 
a, a desire to have some kind of emotional experience is a postmodern, not biblical model. And again, that's not to say that we don't get emotional. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. But when the emotions drive you, when the emotions dictate uh, the reason and the outcome, that, that becomes a problem. We are called to come and reason together and to worship in spirit and truth. We don't check our mind out or, you know, check our mind out at the door of the church so we can feel something amazing. You know, I've mentioned before, you know, it's that, that whole idea of what meditation is and how the modern meditation is completely different than biblical meditation. Modern meditation is you close your mind off, you think of nothing and see what happens. Biblical meditation is you start with the Bible and you deeply think through it. You process it. Totally different concept. There was a, a story of some Australian sailors who, who ran into a clearly highly decora- decorated uh, British naval officer. The, the sailors politely asked, excuse us, where are we? And the officer replied, do you know who I am? Well, puzzled, one of the sailors was dejected because he realized, well, we don't know where we are and he doesn't know who he is. That, that's kind of that, that circular reasoning and, and argumentation that, that postmodernism has. And, and you say things, but you don't get anywhere. If you don't know who you are, and where you came from, and where you're going, then how are you going to uh, define what is right and wrong? Postmodernism then makes no attempt to value that kind of, of, of historically true narrative. We are created beings from the Lord God Almighty who came from heaven. We live here temporarily on earth, but as spiritual beings, we were made for an eternal purpose, an eternal blessing in heaven with our master. Or if we don't believe in that, there will be an eternity in the eternal lake of fire called hell. And, and that's what scares me about this, this philosophy. So, so why do we need to think again about postmodernism? Well, the beginning of postmodernism starts with an attitude of ultimate skepticism. The beginning of Postmodernism begins with an attitude of ultimate skepticism. And the next step is there is no objective truth. That means that the Bible's claims of having an objective or absolute moral law, an absolute moral law being who is absolute and who creates absolute moral laws, must be rejected on, on, on its foundation. Why? Because We are skeptical about everything, and there is no objective truth. A Christian then comes to the scriptures as the true words from the mouth of God. It is objective. It is perfect. It is holy. It is accurate. And so we must trust and obey, not just believe in the scriptures, but but be biblically obedient to them. Now, the postmodernist is the ultimate skeptic. Who wrote the Bible? God didn't write it. Scribes didn't actually copy it. There's errors that were made. Men changed it, and then there are different interpretations. Haven't you heard that? Haven't you heard that in the church? Well, the the postmodernists distrust the narratives and the the ideologies of history, especially a book like the Bible. The, The denial of its authenticity and its claims of being absolute, then, are 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 what drives. The discussion. 
I mean, that is one of the one of the biggest discussions in the church church right now is the veracity of Scripture, the the truth of Scripture. That is at its core than a, a postmodernist philosophy that has infiltrated the church. Knowledge and truth, and as a result, are a product of of you know unique subjective systems or personal interpretation and contextualiz- uh, contextualization. That is a result of moral relativism. And there isn't then any objective moral right and wrong. wrong. And pluralism in religion then becomes uh, an open-door policy. And so that's why this is such an important topic. When we come back, we'll think again about Christian postmodernism. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're talking about postmodernism and the title of our show is Think Again Christian, and I can't, I can't consider a topic more important of thinking again through than, than postmodernism, especially as it has creeped in and infiltrated the church, and so it's a, it's a modern Christian heresy. The, the order or the rule of thumb for postmodernism, and let me maybe clear here, is, is it is a departure from rules and order. There is then no no real so so an artist like Jackson Pollock he 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 dangles paint cans from the ceiling and and, and swings them until the the paint crashes against the canvas randomly. This is a departure from artistic lines. It's a departure from rules, and so this then is the the example or the of of the postmodern random art. Well. You know, some of you may like the way it ends up looking, and you know that's okay. But it's it's just random, and when I walk by, it just looks like somebody spilled a bunch of paint on the canvas. Well, keep in mind the best way to deceive people is to use Satan's blueprint from Genesis three to undermine absolute moral law, and to undermine the absolute moral lawgiver, God. Now, there are many factors that can be applied to most modernism, but but I want to look at three. Uh, principal tenets. There, the first one is there's no belief in objective reference for words. There are no laws of logic, and there are no boundaries for meaning. Well, the first one is imagine having a principal tenet that there is no belief in an objective reference for words. So words are limitless and unstable. So the meaning of words can be stripped out of their their meaning completely. And if there is no point of reference, then your view or your opinion can be redefined and shift, shifted, and the meaning or the terms just change. And this is what happens when they go to the scriptures in the Bible. They argue through the Bible, not to, not to examine the scriptures, but to argue away the meaning of them. 
Consider German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, the, who, who said the real truth about objective truth is that the latter is just a fiction, that every candidate for truth must be first expressed in language, and language is notoriously unable to bring us to reality. Words are like a hall of mirrors. They reflect only each others, and in the end, they, they only point to the condition of the users without having established any truth and how things really are. So, truth in the name we give it is just our own reference. Well, another way to illustrate this is is kind of to, to look at the, the tale of the old Irish farmer who came across the lost traveler, and the traveler asked, well, can you tell me how to get to you know such and such a, a town from here? And the, the farmer replied, well, if that's where you're going, um, this is not where I'd begin. So, so see, you can get anywhere, right, from anywhere, or you can't get there from here. Um, I mean, it sounds funny, you know, and I've actually heard people say that, well, I'm trying to get to this, um, directions, you know, can you give me, well, I don't think you can get there from here. (laughs) What he means is I, I don't know how to give you directions from here, but you can. Uh, Ironically, the, the postmodern position is to debunk words, meaning and knowledge. And how do they do this? By endless streams of words. They do mental gymnastics to explain their position. The second principal tenet of postmodernism is that there are no laws for logic. Have you ever been in a conversation that just seems to spin around in circles because the person you're talking with just doesn't have any kind of rules for 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 logical debate? And so, you know, a, a basic law like, you know, law of non-contradiction, you know, two opposing views can't both be right? Well, they are if you're in politics, you know, and so... The, the questions that we look to ask and the, the harmonization that, that, that some want between Christianity and Islam or Christianity and Buddha, you know, well, they can't because at, at their fundamental base, there are two opposing views. You know, communism and capitalism are not the same thing. Well, the third principle tenet of postmodernism is that there, there are no then boundaries for words. So words don't mean anything. There's no reference, but there's also no boundaries. Think about that one. Well, that's exactly how postmodernism is. So at the core of postmodernism is, is like a departure from any real point of reference. So we can read the Second Amendment, which ha- has always meant a right to bear arms, and, and, and now it means something completely different. We can just explain it away. How? It, it's very clear. Very clear. Well, the scriptures aren't silent when it comes to the postmodern debate. In fact, the, the Bible demands that we think again about the, the world's philosophies and that we, 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 we examine things. The Bereans were considered noble-minded. Why? For examining the scriptures. So, you know, we're not mindless drones. I mean, we, we can examine, but we examine beginning with that base of truth, which comes from the Bible. Um, you know, another key verse that we glean from is 2 Timothy 2.15 that exhorts us to study. Why? To show ourselves approved unto God as a, as a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, God's word is the standard of objective truth, and we need to accurately work through it. Um, so, some argue that the, that the Bible you know, doesn't want us to do that. Well, again, Isaiah 1.18 says, come, let, let us reason together. 
But there are clear warnings in the Bible. Colossians 2.8 states, nobody is to take you captive by philosophy, postmodernism, or empty deceit, postmodernism, according to human traditions, postmodernism, according to the elemental uh, spirits of the world, postmodernism. And what do all these things do? They, they, they don't lead us to the laws according to Christ. And, and so many Christians are including postmodernism thought rather than the words of Christ into their belief system. Again, Ephesians 5, 6 says, let no one deceive you with empty words. And, and, and so one, one of the litmus tests I look is, what do you read more, your Bible or man's books? And I don't care what man wrote that. I don't care what seminary degree he has, what church he goes to, how long he's been in the ministry. He's still a man. He's still a flawed man. I am a flawed man. Everything I say uh, isn't perfect. That's why when I preach from the pulpit, primarily, I really want to stick as close to the scriptures as I possibly can, because that's the only truth that I know I can, I, I can anchor on. Tony can be wrong. One of the great little presents uh, that the 60s left us was that postmodernist attitude of challenge authority. I mean, if there you know, isn't any objective truth, then, then why obey it, right? And why not challenge it? Well, in Christian schools, we see that the kids respond postmodernly in many ways. But, but a couple quick examples are like in, in the way they sift through just their beliefs and, and how they respond to rules. When it comes to rules, they, they're not simply just you know, disobedient. That, that would be too simplistic. More accurately, they, they're postmodern. They, they don't even know it, but they are. And when they hear rules like, you know, no hat wearing, no gum chewing, no, you know, no walking around in class, sit still, no talking, they want to know why. Why? Not because they, they don't understand. They understand. They, they, they want to understand the why because they want to challenge every word and every turn. And, and so in the response to why I can't wear a hat, well, I'm a baseball player. Why can't I chew gum? I'll throw it away when I'm finished. Why do I have to sit still in class? I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Why can't I walk around? I won't distract anybody. Why can't I talk in class? I'm finished with my work. There's, there's always a response. And Christian education, then, is a great place to learn how to not only think again, but more importantly, to think again like a Christian. To think again biblically, and the postmodern method has infiltrated the church then in a horrible way. One of the five Protestant Reformation sola, sola scriptura, that means that scripture alone is the word of God, and the Bible has supremacy over all traditions, teachings, philosophies, and beliefs. Why? I mean, that's the first statement you hear from people, again, within the church. At the core, then, of postmodernism is the plurality of beliefs. Uh, Why? Because nothing is sola, nothing is only, nothing is empirically objective, especially the Bible. And the more subtle approach, then, is to include all other beliefs or ideologies so that in time the Bible is just one of many systems that the reader can pick up and choose. It's like a, a smorgasbord. Well, that means that many religions are okay. And that's what makes this a, a new heresy. Well, again, ironically, postmodernism isn't, it isn't new. This is the same thing we, we saw from the, from the garden. And do words have meaning? Of course they have meaning. Of course they do. 
They argue that culture and situations produce reality, but none of them are willing to prove their concepts of objective reality and truth by stepping in front of a truck on the freeway. All of a sudden, things are real then. Cultures can choose their morality like love thy neighbor, but somehow the ones that believe in eat thy neighbor are wrong based on what? What law? What morality? What deity? What religion? Yes, we live by faith, but we are sanctified in truth and God's word is true. The Lord commands us to use his word as the starting point for all wisdom and knowledge, and the beginning of wisdom is then the fear of the Lord, not secular philosophy. And the wisdom of men is absolute foolishness, and postmodernism is a great expression of that. So before you think that postmodernism is just a fad, think again about how it's not only infiltrated the world, America, and the church, but what that means in your own thought. See to it that nobody makes you a mental prisoner of this dangerous, ungodly philosophy. And remember to think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian School 